We are live once again for our first episode, live from three different time zones. It is Monday, January the 15th, 2024, the year of the more, the year of the open door of more, 2024. And it's uh, seven o'clock on Monday night. So guess what that means, folks? It's time for the man, Aaron, Mr. Man. And yeah, I'm going to say it, Richie Charlie Errico. And we have special guests joining us tonight, Scott Whittier. And uh, part of the lineage from the Alden on the Mayflower. And he may get into that. Maybe he won't. We'll see. And so um, I'd like to begin, like we always begin our program, giving glory and honor to the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray to our God. Some of you worship a different God, and that's okay. And some of you don't even believe in him, and that's okay. We still love you, and he loves you. So I'm going to start in prayer, just like we respect your beliefs. So I hope you respect ours. So. Father, I want to thank you for this radio program. I ask that your Holy Spirit speak through us, that it's not our agenda, it's not our station, it's your station, and because you're the creator of everything. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth. Plural on that, by the way, heavens and the earth. And uh, it's world without end, so I don't know about you, but it's not the revelation of the apocalypse, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And if he says worlds without end, he means it when he says worlds without end. So, Father, I thank you as we release your kingdom through this program. We have a small part to play in the overall scheme, and we don't boast in ourselves. We, we boast in you, and, and we love you, and we thank you for your children that are listening to this program, because every child is a child of God. So I'll turn it over to Aaron, the man. Mr. Man, go ahead. Yeah, just a reminder that you are listening to Stand in the Gap podcast. And just want to make sure that you know that you can get this podcast on any of the major podcast places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's all going to be on there for you to listen. And also make sure that you check out our website, standinthegap.live, where you can get information about our broadcasts. You can get different articles that we release, different blogs, just a bunch of different different stuff uh, on that website. So check it out, standinthegap.live. Excellent. So I just want to mention to those of you who want to start advertising on our program, we do appreciate it. Um, the audience is not huge, as you would imagine. It's quality, though, for sure. So we're looking more for quality, not quantity. But eventually, we will have both quality and quantity. But this does go out through 70 nations. And the good thing is, is about getting on board early is, you know, if you have a small business, we'll let you scale. We're not going to blow. Well, you never know. God could blow this thing up. He's that kind of God. But my hope is that you scale along with us and you grow because our goal is to help you grow. Whether you're non-for-profit, uh, non-for-profits, by the way, we have a special rate. It's called free. So if you'd like to advertise, be my guest, uh, contact Aaron. You want to give him your email address right through the website. There's uh, an email address right on there. And there's also a Facebook chat where you can reach out to us right away. I do want to talk about the dedication of our program. It's dedicated to my former wife, Amy Arico. She passed away in April of cancer and being an influential piece in my life, God really used her in my life for all these years. And I just um, want to dedicate this program to her. And those men out there that don't dedicate things to your wives, you're really missing it. 
you were really missing it. We have a responsibility as the head of the household to be the spiritual leader of our household and to lead. And the way you lead is to serve your wives. Husbands should submit to their wives in generosity, in praises, in worship, but never put them before God. And I did that for many years. That wasn't my wife's fault. That was my own fault. She never put that on me, but I put it on her. So husbands, love your wives, hug them, don't take them for granted, because when you lose somebody, you lose it forever until you get onto the other side of eternity. Also want to talk about, sorry to be so heavy this early on, but this, this is our show. It's real. It's life. Life is real. Life is messy. Have a child clean up the poop. You know life is messy, right, Scott? Oh, amen. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, if you want to support us, there's Patreon that you can support us. I'll turn it over to Aaron in a second to talk about that, but we do appreciate support. We've got special gifts for those who do support us and come alongside. Say, Vinny, why do you want to support? You know, why are you asking for support? Because you ever hear the term bootstrap? That means we're paying for this, folks. We're paying with it our time. We're paying with it our resources. And if you want to partner with us, we really appreciate it. Because as the name says, you know, the scripture says, God looks to and from the earth to see that those, plural, a man or a woman. So God goes to and from the earth looking for a man or a woman to stand in the gap. So we want a lot of men or women standing in the gap. And that's our whole goal. So partner with us if you feel led by the Lord. Don't do it out of obligation. Don't do it out of guilt. But do it out of the love you have for God and his people and especially his children. Yeah, you, you pretty much covered it right there. Patreon is is a platform where you can give as little as $5 a month. It is a monthly commitment. If you want, you can give uh, $5 a month. You can give $10 a month. You can give $20 a month. And then we will have special gifts for whichever amount that you're, you're giving. Some of it might be a, a sticker that we have for the show. Some of it might be a hat or a t-shirt. And then all of them get a special shout out on this show when when they join as a partner because it's stand in the gap. It's us standing in the gap together, but also you guys standing in the gap with us and helping us bring this with like very little commercial interruptions. You know, right now, just starting out, we have no commercial interruptions because we have no sponsors. But but when we do, we want to keep that as as a minimum. And so I would rather have us announce new Patreons than to announce Bob's Pizza or <laughs> or Phil's Plumbing. And Phil didn't appreciate that one, Aaron. <laughs> I'm sorry, Phil. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is one plug, and I'll plug Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Um, that's what I'll plug. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, um, this program is titled, the topic is, um, go ahead, Aaron, share the topic. You're the one who picked it. So go ahead. Biblical principles. And, and that's in government, that's in religion, that's in our lives. Just standing on those biblical principles that were made thousands of years ago, but are the very principles that the Constitution is based off of, that the Founding Fathers believed in, and that made America great. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Vinny, do you want to announce our guest today? Thank you. I definitely will. Um, friend of, uh, of mine, Scott Whittier, um, I'm a disciple of his. You know, Paul had disciples, so I'm proud to say I'm a disciple of 
Scott Whittier, and uh, he's up in the great state of Maine. You know, the appeal to heaven state. They call themselves maniacs up there. I mean, that's kind of funny, but you know, that's what they call themselves, Maine, Maine maniacs. And I've always said that Maine is the main thing. It's kind of funny that they say that the president of the United States is a mirror of his people. I think Maine is the mirror to the rest of the country. And what goes on in Maine definitely is the pulse of the country. Maybe Scott speak into that. But but anyway, Scott is more than qualified to be on this program to speak about, you know, biblical principles in life because uh, he's a man that lives the Bible. He's a walking Bible. You want to talk about somebody that oozes Jesus and is in its presence all the time. When I think of my buddy Scott, I think about there's a book called, uh, by Brother Lawrence called Practice the Presence. People would come around and watch Brother Lawrence wash dishes. And I've come up to Maine and watch Scott just love his family, and it's awesome. So go ahead, Scott. Wow. I don't even know how to continue there. If I could live up to half of that. I, I, I want to give a shout-out to um, all the ordinary people out there. Anybody that's listening that feels ordinary or just their life is just kind of mundane, ordinary, we serve an extraordinary God that takes our ordinary life and, and can make it so extravagant beyond anything we can understand or imagine that'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And one of the things that, I mean, this is a story. I Years ago, I was invited to this mansion one time, and I was, at the time, I was living in a basement in just a rural town in, in Maine. And I go to this mansion, and I'm at this table, and it's all these people that are I mean, they're all just world-changing people. There's, I mean, there's all these philanthropists. There's a couple of Jewish rabbis that are leading all kinds of people to the Lord, the Messiah and, and Israel. There's, I mean, just every person had like a, had a whole litany of experience and in, in what they were doing and successes. And and I'm just sitting there the whole time. I, I live in a basement in, in North Yarmouth Bay. Like I don't, and I just said, Lord, I don't belong here. And he said, you do, son, you, you do. And to really let people know that if you're listening and if you have any of that feeling, it's actually, that's like the best place to start from is a feeling of insignificance, a feeling of less than, because I think, I believe in our time, we've gotten a little bit too big in our bridges and we, we think we bring too much to the table sometimes and, and all we really can bring is just our heart and our availability. And I'm so honored to be a part of this. And I, I, I do believe that this is going to empower a lot of people. Thanks, Scott. When I think about the topic today, the bullshit that's out there, excuse my language, but the family pressure, the religious spirit that you're not supposed to talk about religious religion and politics is just horse poop. That's all it is. Because mm -hmm. how can we not talk about the very two things that influence or are supposed to influence our lives? How can we not talk about that? Think about that. What common sense is such a joke? It's an oxymoron because I find common sense, even in my own life, and I'm guilty of this, I didn't have common sense. Common sense is uncommon because if common sense was common, everybody would talk all the time about religion and politics. We'd have open discourse. We wouldn't worry about snowflakes. We wouldn't worry about men that call themselves women. We wouldn't worry about any of that stuff. And I'm not putting you down. If you're on this show, and you believe you're a woman, I, I respect you because you're a free thinker. Now, that doesn't mean I agree with you, but I respect you because I'm not going to try to change you because I can't change you. You know, my pastor has a great phrase, man or woman or whatever gender you claim you're part of, convinced against their will 
is of a different opinion still. So I celebrate diversity. God is the most diverse God I've ever known. He's the only God I've ever known. Well, actually not. I've known the God of this world and I know him very well because he's an idiot and a loser. Um, and so I know what losing is about. I know what idiots are about because I served one for many years. And so when you serve a false God and you get to the real God, you realize what kind of power the real God has. But you also realize as human beings how weak we are. See, when you figure out where you end, where he begins, that's where life begins. You know what I'm talking about, Scott? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. I just really think we should always talk about now that you shouldn't make a rule because I hate rules. There's only one rule and that's love God, love others and love yourself. In my opinion, that's the only rule I follow. Obviously, we have red lights for <laughs> a reason for guys like Vinny to stop. <laughs> so I didn't have a red light. I keep going. I guarantee you that. So anyway, my point in all this is why not talk about religion? Why not talk about politics? And if you feel like doing it all the time, great. Go ahead. Whatever's on your heart, talk about it. See, you know, years ago, the Lord taught me to get out of the Greek mindset against the Hebrew. I said, Lord, that's too funky for me. What, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And he says, well, Hebrew words, there's not a lot, first off. And he says, they're very, they're, they're picture words. And he said, Greeks are very linear and logical. And he said, you're allowing your Greek mindset to block you from me because I'm into circles. I'm not into lines. And I was like, wow, that's funky. And I had to find out. I'd studied the word. I was like a brain. And I realized there's a lot of scripture that back up that statement I just said because it came from him. Anytime it comes from God, there's always scripture to back up. If you don't have scripture to back it up, it's not coming from him. And in separation between church and state, talking about religion and politics, I, I think when they were really lobbying for that, when they were saying that's how it should be, that is an, a direct attack against God's plan for the nation. Because think about it, if we can't connect what the founding fathers started with, which was one nation under who? under God. And so if we can't connect the nation with God, then that's kicking a person in the leg when they have one leg and they need that extra leg to stay level. And so the very fact that they would say, oh, you know, you can't talk about church and, and politics. And so, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about church and politics because that's the thing that's needed is that foundation to be reestablished in our nation. And that is one nation under God and any anything anything else is just an, an attack against the way that God originally set up the nation. Uh, I, I love the Holy Spirit because I, I was just thinking before you started talking about separation of church and state and how I personally need like that redefined because it's it's gotten so muddy. I remember reading at one point what church separation of church and state actually means, and it's not at all what people make it. It's not, they've made it to be like this smoke screen that kind of covers everything. Like you just can't, you can't cross those two lines. And that's actually, that's not, that's just false. I, I, I know it's really, it was more about, I think the churches overreach into government or, uh, or vice versa or something like that, but it wasn't, it's not about, it, it's also not about voicing things and speaking truth and and i i know like they use that a lot when a pastor stands up and they're like not supposed to endorse any candidates or talk about any politics and it's that's actually not what it was ever meant to be 
but it, it would be good to kind of get that redefined so people actually can go from what it truly means rather than what people have made it into. Really good point. Wow. You must be a deep thinker, my friend. Hmm. <laughs> Let me pontificate upon that and I'll get back to it. <laughs> well, while you're pontificating on the revelation of the recent emergence of the idiot's influence in people's lives, it comes down to what you, I think both you and Aaron, well, you both of you really hit on this out maybe not really a bullseye on it but it's the enemy's plan to disrupt the family unit that's the attack see when you understand in war if you understand the enemy's tactics you've got it you totally can overcome that enemy i mean george Patton was a lunatic people say i have a foul mouth I mean, this guy cursed every five seconds, and he was a lunatic, but he was a master general because he understood the blitzkrieg. He understood what was going on, and he figured out the enemy. My heart goes out to my friends in America. I suggest you do what I did. I And, and this wasn't my own doing. God led me to the nation I live in now or, or visiting right now. When I got out of the country, my eyes were open. I understood. I started to realize, wow, the enemy really has such an influence in our lives. And and when you break free of that mold, when you truly become free, and it, by the way, it's not the freedom that most freaks think it is, because it's freedom with responsibility. I'm free to not hurt somebody else. When my freedom infringes on somebody else's life, and when my freedom forces myself onto somebody's life, like there's a whole group of people out there that think they take the moral high ground, but all you are is a dead, stinking religious spirit. You smell like Lazarus did on the fourth day. That's what you smell like. You're not a pleasing fragrance to the Father. You don't even know who he is, I guarantee you. And I'll fight you all day long on it. I'm not a debater, but I'll, I'm a fighter. I'll fight you all day long on it. I'll defend the very people that you rip apart. I will gladly defend them because God loves them. He created them. So be careful who you judge. Be very careful. Uh-oh, I went there. Oh, well. I had a uh, little trepidation about when the show was being talked about, talking about government, because for me personally, like around 2020, 2021, what God started dealing with me on was was really a political spirit. I, I definitely would get really riled up when it, when it came to politics. I would get to where if, if someone didn't see my view, like I would say, how could people that are I was talking to this lady one time about gun control, and, and she finally said that there needs to be gun control. I said, why is that? She goes, because if I had a gun, I'd kill people. And I said, do you need a external control on your internal crazy? Like, and, and so that's like where I would get to. But what would come out a lot of times was I didn't recognize what was fueling that wasn't God. I get like there's principles or convictions or whatever, but I started to see is you have like this whole like Christian nationalism and, and I love Trump or whatever, but it's like to, to rally behind that and to get where if, if anybody talked, I, I was ready to cut their head off if it wasn't agreeing with what I was saying. And what I believe that's fueled by is a Leviathan spirit. That's a spirit of pride. So when Vinny was just talking about that, there's a couple of things God's been dealing with me. Like the two things holding back encounter and awakening and God moving in our lives are a religious spirit and a political spirit. And I would say it like this. I believe that the Leviathan spirit is the equivalent of the political spirit and, and Jezebel's the religious spirit. So we have to really start to address that. Jezebel's out to totally destroy families. Jezebel, you just see it over its influence everywhere. And 
including churches. I mean, churches are just being dominated by that thing. And so it's it's really part of this stand in the gap program, I believe, is is to really empower people to start to make a stand. You know, men are, are, are called to be the priests of their home. It's like what Vinny said, it's not it's not a caveman dragging my wife around by her hair and, and that. It's the right order. If if men were to actually find out that when they stand before God, they're going to give an account for their them and their entire family. When my wife stands before God, she's not going to give an account for me and the family because that's not the role she was given. That's something that needs to start to happen in our hearts, just as a as an awakening one by one is is just how do we actually fight an unseen enemy? And then we can talk about politics and we can talk about all these things because we're we're out from under that kind of influence. And it's and now it's like you can respect people and love people and not agree with them, you know? I couldn't have said it better myself. That is priceless, what you just shared. We could have a four-hour show right on what you just said, Scott. People don't even realize you just fire hose them in a good way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, serious. Well, one thing that I was going to say, I know it's a little far back, but when when you were talking about the, the true meaning between separated church and state, that was a, a lot of because of, like you said, religious overreach or church overreach. But that was from a very, back then, from a very corrupt Catholic overreach. I'm not trying to bash Catholicism, but it was very control-based. They wanted to push the Pope's control over the United States. And so let's talk about that a little bit. We do have churches that they, they do love God, they do love Jesus, but they bring in something of the the world into the mix, something of like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and as we talked about the other show that we did last week, that's what we, we talked about with sin, that it, it's all about pride. It's all about looking at yourself instead of looking at the bigger picture, instead of where your eyes are all on yourself. And that's a lot. There's a lot of church that are that are like that, that are focused on themselves instead of focused on God. We're still hovering on this thing where it's, uh, yeah, so separation of church and state becomes really muddy be because we have, if we're being, if we're bound by a Leviathan spirit, a, a, a Jezebel spirit, we can't actually engage properly. But the way that it's, it's like we have to be delivered to those things. Then we can then we can engage because there's love is the source and love is the motive and love is the drive. So it's funny to watch, you know, like there's I would there was a guy I knew that he was really into conservation, loves to watch birds and all that. He's a very conservative guy. And, and um, man, and I was talking to him one day and, and I they were all worked up about all the liberals and going off. And I said, I, I looked at this guy and I said, yeah, but thank God for all those liberals that set apart all that conservation land so you can enjoy watching birds. And I, I was doing that just to confront something that if the source behind it isn't love, then you're not, it's not going to change anything because the, the liberals are going to find problems with the conservatives and vice versa, because they're, they're both, there's a part of what they're saying that has some truth, you know, and um, I, I believe that's why we're so off track from that is we can't do it in a practical way because it's it's become out of whack, you know, where we have people that they can't even handle the slightest disagreement. And it's like we just need to be liked and we need to have 57 likes on whatever thing we say or but it's actually like that's a healthy thing to not to be diverse and not all agree. But that 
the whole thing is how do we stay, we're the United States, how do we stay united and not divided over all these issues? And it's got to be, a, it's a deliverance thing. It's it's not anything but that, I believe. That topic is like, it, it's really muddy because of perception is, is reality to each person. And they have like their, whatever they believe is the lens they're seeing it through. So it, it's just, how do we get beyond that? Where you, you think of all these people that they, I, I mean, I, I would see it where they would judge evangelicals. Well, I'm, I'm on the same page. If you tell people what's wrong with their life, but you don't give them any power to change it, that's like a sharp stick in your, in someone's eye. It doesn't, it doesn't help them. It doesn't bring change. And also the, the biblical viewpoint, if we look at the, the Bible, they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was. And he said, well, it's love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. So it comes back to that love thing. And then also Jesus said, this is how you'll know that they're my disciples, that they'll have love for one another. If there's no love, if it's all about me, myself, I, and I don't have a love and compassion for, for people, if the church is so focused on themselves and, and the congregation and don't have love for people, then that's not a good thing. So it comes that back to that love thing. You guys fit on a lot of things, so I have to pick and choose where I comment. So I'm going to start. I want to release some stuff, but I want to end by directly talking about what you just talked about, Jesus saying, love one another. So Scott, when you get back on, if you could address, um, define what Jezebel is and what Leviathan is, because we've got new listeners on this. We've got atheists. We've got people from all different backgrounds. So if you can give some clarity. The one thing I want to say is Jezebel is not a gender. There's no gender with Jezebel. And I'll talk about that down the road myself. Jesus had to believe in himself. Jesus was not a Christian. Hate to tell you folks, he was not a Christian. He was a Jew. I'm going to say that one more time. He was a Jew. Jesus never meant to create a religion. Absolutely not, because he hates religion. He hated religion, and he still hates it today. Jesus wanted to show you that he was the way, the truth, and the life, that none could come to the Father except through him. And the only way to have eternal life, and, and by the way, those that don't believe, I'm not trying to get you to believe at this point. I'm just telling you what we believe. Now, here's the thing. He had to believe in himself. And so what happened was, and we kind of got, you, Aaron, you really got into this, and you're talking about what's the problem with the church self-centeredness. Well, if you look at the history of, of Christendom, and I'll use that word, the history of, because I'm, I'm addressing something here, because I don't claim to be Christian, but if you look at the history of Christendom, and uh, right away somebody's going to create a soundbite, and you can go ahead and do it. Be my guest. So anyway, um, be my guest, be my guest. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing. They couldn't kill Christians. Who are they? People influenced by evil, the Herod spirit. The Herod spirit could not take out Christians. Every time they tried to kill the Christians, they'd multiply. So what Satan decided to do was he said, I know what I'll do. I'll get them to compromise. So he has a believer called Constantine become a believer, and Constantine brings in the Roman rule, and now he creates what, you know, God tore the separation down. He tore the veil apart. He gave you a way to directly communicate with him and believe in him, and all of a sudden, Constantine gets up there, and now we have an order that is so demonic, it's not even funny. I'll call it what it is. Now, don't misunderstand me. I love the church 
just like God loves the church. And God will fill any structure. He'll fill any building. But when you study out the word church, it's ecclesia, which means the called out ones. That's right. That's what it means. So let's get our terminology right. It's not a building. Now, some of the Catholic churches are beautiful. I'm not putting down the architecture. I think it's great. It's man's attempt to worship an unseen God. Here's how an unseen God becomes seen in your life. Relationship. Do you have a relationship with him? Do you talk with him like Adam and Eve used to talk with him in the cool of the garden? Vinny, can you really get there? I'm telling you, you're talking to three guys that have a relationship with the living God. Are we flakes? You better believe it. You know why? <laughs> We're crazy enough. We are insane enough to believe the word of God is the absolute truth. And we have fruit. Now, what I mean by fruit, for those of you who don't understand that terminology, we have results. We lived a life of depression. I'm speaking for myself. I lived a life of depression. I lived a life of suicide. I lived a life of drug abuse. I lived a life of masturbation, pornography. I lived a life of alcoholism. I lived a life of being addicted to cigarettes. I live a life of none of that today. How did it happen? Not by Vinny's power, not by Vinny's might, but by God's spirit. Totally by his spirit, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So now we go to what he was taught. Somebody said perception is reality. I think it was Scott. You're absolutely right. Our reality is our perception. So everybody, you know, all the thousands of people that are listening to this program right now, and soon to be hundreds of thousands and then eventually millions, you've got your perception. And I don't want to change your reality. What I want to do is help you maybe have a higher perception. Get a bird's eye view. Get out of your situation. Look at it from another person's viewpoint and say, hmm, I've never thought of it that way. It's okay. I, I want to hear your those of you that are liberal, I want to hear your perspective. I welcome it. I want to hear your perspective. I don't want to squish you down and say, you know what? Um, What was it? The Stepford Wives? I don't want my wife to be a Stepford wife. Hell no. God doesn't want robots. Some of you control things in the name of Jesus. You're wrong. He doesn't control anything. There's one thing in the Bible that says be filled and controlled, not by religion, not by politics, not by opinions, not by knowledge, not by intellect, not by reality, but be controlled by the Holy Spirit. It says, be filled and controlled by the Spirit. So you talked about loving one another. Do you realize that's two different classes of people? It says in the Word, make us one as we are one, correct? Mm-hmm. So we love the one. Make us yep. one as we are one. And then the another are those who are not part of the one. Two classes mm-hmm. of people. So guess what? Love everyone. That's my point. Love yeah. everyone. How to put that? Like the list of qualifications, I would say check, check, check. Yes, all those depression, suicidal, masturbation, pornography, drug addiction, all of it that God set me free from. Jesus set me free. I'm I'm one of those as well that God's just transformed my life. So Leviathan is a principality talked about in the book of Job. People can say, well, that's just talking about a, a sea creature. Well, if you read in the passage, it talks about, it says he's the king over the sons of pride. And then it says, who can put a hook in Leviathan? I certainly tried and, and I got totally beat up. And if you engage in that battle, you'll, you'll never forget it. And, and what that battle comes down to thing where only God can take down that principality. And, and so what I see is that principality working 
it, it corrupts communication. That spirit's all over the media. It's it's creating false narratives. It's getting people divided against one another. You can see it whenever there's sides and whenever there's this and that. That's the Leviathan spirit, to my understanding. And then it's it's like what the Lord showed me in that book. It's really showing about humility is the only thing that's got to overcome the spirit of pride because that's that's what that's the empowerment behind it you said jezebel is not a gender jezebel is really a principality that has so principality is a, a principle it's it's governing over space over global territory the jezebel spirit has six underpinnings lesser spirits are not principalities they're, they're demons that hold it up it starts with fear so anytime there's fear fear opens up a door and then people have a choice they have the spirit of fear the spirit of control the spirit of intimidation, the spirit of manipulation, the spirit of uh, flattery, and the spirit of witchcraft. To anybody that's listening, that looks different, I believe, in different parts of the world. When I used to go to churches down south, I'd have someone look at me and go, oh, bless your heart. But what they were really saying is, oh, you stupid thing. Like, they were, in their heart, they were totally, like, there was, it was just an aggressive thing, but it, it was just masked in, in flattery, which is, I think, one of the harder ones to deal with, if someone's just flattering you all the time, what it does, it, it just gets you off kilter. Up here in New England, it's more what I used to run into, not as much now, but I used to run into, it really was highly operated through intimidation. I'd walk into churches and they would just be very clear, like, you don't operate, you don't say anything, you don't do anything. I'd like to give an example. The Spirit of God hit me in a church and I, I just, I didn't even know why I took off running. I just started running around the church. And uh, they had these huge banners. They said, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I grabbed a banner and started marching out, out the doors of the church. And there's like a, a bunch of people kind of joined in. And we just did a Jesus march right out the church. Then the next week comes along and something in the church service. And I get all excited and I grab the banner again. And, and uh, well, week three, they took a screw gun and screwed those things into the wall. <laughs> so like, that's the thing that in the church, like, it's it's the control because God has all all His resources. The ecclesia, God's children, we're His kids, we're His children. God told me years ago when I went into a church, He said, "This is my house. I'm your father, and this is my house." And He goes, "You're free. You're free to you're free to shout. You're free to dance. You're free to run. You're free to lay on the floor. You're free to you're free." And that's what kind of Vinny was getting upon. When we are talking about religion, but when we're talking about God, it's everybody's free. We're in a nation that that's the whole point is everybody's free to believe what you want to believe, to do what you want to do, all that. But that that freedom is is has a there's actually a responsibility to freedom. And that whole thing is he said to me, you're free. And so what I started doing is I would go into churches and I would every time I would go in and I would be free, I would encounter something that was anti-freedom. Every time that would happen, there was a pastor that reprimanded me publicly. And he said, if you don't change this, or if you don't do this, we are throwing you out. We're excommunicating you. And what the Lord had me say is, well, is this your church or is this God's church? Because God, my father told me I could do everything I just did. And you just told me I couldn't. So whose church is it? That question goes back to the spirit of Jezebel. That's how you know Jezebel has been operating very uh, like very fluently in churches for years. The whole point is is for people to be empowered and for people to be all that they're created to be. And there's a current structure that isn't creating that. It's it's creating a bunch of consumers and a bunch of people that are just there to be entertained when everybody just watches the God show. And, you know, everybody talks about apostolic this, apostolic that, apostolic ministry. 
Um, so one of these churches I was in was supposedly apostolic. What it was is the the pastor was the grand poobah. He was the pastor lord, and everybody was his peon under him. I, I just had a heart to serve and no pay. I just worked in this church as a janitor. And what would happen is I would talk to these people. They'd say, what's God showing you? And I'd tell them, and then they'd get up and preach it the next Sunday. And after a while, it's like, okay, I'm always going to be cleaning toilets. Because that's like the church loves to do that. They love to tell people, this is your place. This is your role. This is your, this is where you fit. And so anyway, I ended up to left the state of Maine. And I, long and the short of it, I end up in this church and I walk through the door of this church and I'd just been kicked out of another ministry for another time of, of just following God. I, I end up in this church and the minute I walk through the door of this guy's church, he said, you have a word for this church. I said, no, I don't. I said, no, I don't. He goes, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. He goes, yes, you do. I said, no, I really don't. He goes, well, then just get up there and give a message in tongues then. So I get up in front of this church and I give a message in tongues and then I'm waiting for an interpretation and there's no interpretation. And uh, I get nervous. And the only thing I've been studying on that time was the tabernacle of David. So the only thing that came out of my mouth was the tabernacle of David. The minute I said the tabernacle of David, the place blows up. He says, stay up there. We're, you and I are going to anoint everybody with oil and everybody in this church is going to the next level. And I'm totally confused. I am super confused. What? Why is this happening? I, don't, I didn't even have a word. I didn't know what I'm walking. A word from God, by the way, because I realize there's people that don't know is, as God will use us like he could use a donkey. He did in the Bible with his donkey talk to him. And I'm, I'm currently, I am, I'm, I'm a jackass that carries the king. That's, that's what I get to be. You know, like I'm a donkey. I want to bring clarity because of the audience. It's called channeling. Yeah. I'm using a new age term. It's called channeling. He channels God. Perfect. So what happens is, uh, this guy afterwards, I walk up to him and, and I said, you know, when I walked in the door of this church, I said, I didn't have a message from God. And he said, oh, I know. And he started laughing. And I said, well, what was the deal with that? He goes, well, we're changing the name of this church to the Tabernacle of David. I just asked God <laughs> to confirm the first person to walk through the door that I didn't know. Now, what I'm going to tell you is that's true apostolic ministry right there. And where, when was the last time anybody that's listening to this, when was the last time you walked into a church and saw anybody get released into a pulpit? Anybody get empowered in their giftings? Anybody being like stepped up, not stepped on and uh so that again, that's evidence of the of the Jezebel. It's 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 just inundated in, in you know the, our current corporate church system. And and I appreciate that. Now flip the switch to politics. Because mm -hmm. religion and politics are two sides of the same coin. It's the yin and the yang. They're both full of shit. Both of them. Smell like Lazarus. I want to make that point. So in the political structure, you have to be robots. You have to have an affinity to your party. You have to dress a certain way. You have mm. to look a certain way. You have to eat food at a certain establishment. God forbid are a liberal and go to Chick-fil-A, or if you're God forbid are a <laughs> Christian and go to the Hard Rock Cafe, you're in trouble. Mm. You're in trouble with your camp. It's the same thing. Why can't I go into a Hard Rock Cafe? Oh, because Satan's there, really. Where is Satan not in America? Think about it. Mm. He owns the whole damn place. It's his kingdom. So as a liberal can't go into Chick-fil-A, why not? I, I'm plugging Chick-fil-A because I love their food. It's not healthy for me. You know, my wife wouldn't be happy. You know, I'm trying to lose weight here. I'm trying to lo lose kilograms, so I'm, I'm not going to be in favor with her. But but anyway, my point <laughs> is that just stop. Stop controlling each other. My dentist used to talk, and 
you know, he's a great dentist and he's, he's still around, but he had to retire. And we always had great conversations. It's funny. He booked me extra time scheduled through two, two, three appointments because he loved our talks. And he said to me, he said he had a friend that ran for the state I lived in politics. And he said, Vinny, they're so disappointed. I said, why? He says, it's just like high school. I said, what do you mean? He says, they got their clicks. And he said, if you're not in the popular clique, and my school was the jocks, I belonged to the druggies. It was called Druggies United, but the jocks, the ones that played the sports. He said, if you were not in the in club, you're out. You're mm -hmm. totally out. And I said, that's a shame. I mean, Glenn Beck years ago, when he got on Fox News and he got real excited because now he's with an organization that at least at that time, they let reporters be reporters and journalists be journalists and let commentators be commentators. And so he was commentating and he built a room in the back of his studio because he had friends that were now in office and he was going to allow them to come in anonymously and speak about the ills of the country and how it's being run. Do you know how many guests he had to take advantage of that? Not one. Not one person that ran on a particular conservative agenda walked into that room because it was anonymous. Talk about that. Talk about the Jezebel spirit. Talk about Leviathan. What you have is the third spirit, and that's the spirit of confusion. You want to know what the spirit is over Washington, D.C.? It's a spirit of confusion. A double-minded man will be stable in all his ways. Yeah, I would say it's like the it's the byproduct of Jezebel would be confusion, like the or the byproduct of those two things create yeah opens the door for confusion. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. It's not true leadership. It's it's a false leadership. You know, and and I'll go here because I feel like it tonight. I want to I want to thin the crop right away. That's my goal. Every show, I want to just thin the crop. I'm I'm like the guy with the sickle, just cutting off the dead branches. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So the reality is that there is no reality without perception. And when we're stuck in a mindset that is not the winning mindset, then what you are is stuck being conformed to not the image of God but being conformed to the image of society, which is mammon, which is the world system. So you yeah. got Republicans that join the march and say, we're the greatest thing sliced bread. And you got the Democrats that say, these guys are controlling, but we're going to control it from the other way. We're <laughs> going to have so much freedom that it's really control chaos. That's all it is, because we're waiting for it to implode. How else can you logically say, that it's okay for 10,000 people a day, undocumented, to come into a city and get all kinds of benefits. How is that okay? How is that common sense? Mm. Yeah, it's not. Mm. It's not. It's not common sense. It's it's lunacy. You know, that I, I think of that song, Lunatic Fringe. You ever hear that song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we got going on on both sides. They're both lunatics. They're two sides. I'm sorry. I, I know I'm going to lose. I, I love you, but I got to be true to myself. To thine own self be true. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not. A, I'm definitely not a libertarian. Because <laughs> you know why? I'm what Jesus is. And Jesus is righteousness. You want to know what if, if I and not not that I'd ever consider becoming president. But if I was crazy enough to consider it. I'd run on the 
the agenda of righteousness to love one another, like Aaron talked about, love one another. The solutions to things. It's crazy to think government is really put in place to to govern. It's more about probably where to put money as far as like infrastructure. One of the things that, that Vinny was talking to just hit this core to me about it just in my own world, my own perception is I've been homeless. I was addicted to drugs. I have a compassion for that. But then on the other side, I had, it was tough love that, that kind of got me on the other side of that. I, I find myself in the middle of this debate. This is an issue that the government, I don't even think they're facing or even looking at, but you, you go to like most cities in America and there's like entire tent cities of people and it's getting, it's just getting to the point where it's a Humpty Dumpty situation that there's obviously it's beyond them but the weird part is there's more than enough money to create things and put things in place to kind of remedy some of that um on one side but then on the other side you have people you know, i was talking to someone the other day and we're talking about do you buy a piece of land and build tiny houses well it's like yeah but if everybody's shooting heroin you're just literally building you're enabling them to continue so there's that so there's, there's a lot of different facets to this thing called love, um, because love doesn't leave people where they're at. It gives them a solution and, and it gives them a change, but it's also not controlling or forcing anybody to do that. So that's anyway, that is, I, I every time it's funny, that's, that's what my concern was. Every time I go to talk about government, we, I kind of go to this other place, but it's, it's just would be really nice to see that reformed where you have things actually there's solutions actually are released and 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 there's feet to the you know feet to the thing and instead of like all these things that, that just get swept under the rug and we're at a point where they're not you can't ignore it anymore i mean there there's things really happening going back to the episode that we had last week uh we talked a lot about the, the homeless and getting our eyes off of our ourselves when, when, once you get your eyes off of yourself and your own thing, you can start to see what is, is really going on uh, around you. Because if we're just so focused on ourselves, then we don't get that bird's eye view that you also talked about last week. And to get the, the perspective of God, because the thing is, is, is God is right. His ways are right. Our ways are wrong. And yes, um... For every, everybody listening, Vinny shared his struggles, Scott shared his struggles, and I'm not perfect. And so my thing is, God, let me decrease so you might increase so that we can actually make an impact in, in the world and actually bring heaven to earth and actually bring that kingdom. We have our government, but the government of heaven, the thoughts and plans of God, um, are bigger and and you talked about what government is and it's there to build infrastructure to designate where money goes god knows where the best place to put money at god knows where the best place to build is god knows the strategy is uh with we talk about those tidy homes um god knows the right way to do it and the the right way is for people to be healed, you yeah, know, to right. be delivered. Because the thing is, and, and that comes back to also the love thing that we we're talking about earlier. Um, it was only by the grace and the love of God that I'm I'm even alive. And I can, I'm pretty sure you guys can say the same. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was the fact that, uh, and, and I'm going to go there. Uh, I'm sorry for uh, the atheists, but for, you know, God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for us. And 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 that very love, uh, like, I've tried a couple times to commit suicide in my life. And my mom, she tried to commit suicide almost every week. It was only by the grace and the love of God that I'm healed, that my mom is healed. So I'm sure you guys can say the same thing. And it's through one getting past bitterness, getting past hatred, getting past anger. People are going to say, oh, you guys are a bunch of haters, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, we're not haters. Because the thing is, is we're getting past that hatred into the very love of God that pushes us to point out these problems, pushes us to say, okay, now that we see the problems, let's try to come up with a godly, a biblical uh, solution to these problems that we can see our our the people around us, see the, the, the towns and the cities that we're in, see the states that we live, the nation that we have, and the world get healed and set free. Yeah, it was, it was really good. You, you kind of brought some things together. I, I realized that sometimes I speak and get, get whatever out, but I don't always connect the dots with some things so that the point I was trying to make with um, with politics, you have say you have a, on this side, you have conservative thought, and over here you have liberal thought. And liberals, I would say it like this: the the Democrats, at least it used to be. I don't see this as much now. I just want to give a credit to them that they were more kind of like humanitarian a lot of times. At one point, they had kind of that was the issues that they would come from is welfare or or, or things like that. And I'm like, I want to give a credit, you know, I want to say. And then over here, the conservatives, like the Democrats would accuse the conservatives of just being totally money driven and greedy and, and all that. So the the point was this. I find myself on both sides of an argument sometimes when I can see a piece of each is right. I see some people would want to do away with welfare altogether. Well, I've been a recipient of welfare and I'm thankful I've actually eaten sometimes because of welfare. And people are like, whoa, you know. Well, that's actually, I'm, I'm really glad it's in place. I would be a hypocrite to say that that's a horrible thing, but I don't think people should be enabled. And it's like, you know, bear one another's burdens, let every man carry his own load. We, we have to have, so it's in the, the avenue of like everything you were just talking about is the, the, the kingdom of God has to come and, and bring the, the change that we're, we're all looking for because it's. And it, and it can come through those, uh, I might just kind of hit on this, it can come through the seven mountains, but I, I hear like so many people in the church, they're like, we got to get influence over the seven mountains. And I, the way I, I look at Jesus is he didn't model that so much. He he, he came, he just brought the kingdom and, and brought change. And so it's, it's anyway, I don't know if that, I, hopefully I'm not kind of getting us off track from, from conversation because that, what you shared was definitely like kind of connecting some things that love has different facets and it has there's all these different pieces to this thing again i'll go back i know a lot of people are homeless because a lot of people i deal with their their heroin addicts and obviously the solution is to get clean you know like to stop shooting heroin but it, but there's still people and they're still hurting um they're actually medicating pain and that's what they're using heroin to do and so it's um yeah just finding a way to do that with kingdom solutions and I, I think you're right, Scott, because the kingdom solution is what it's all about. 
what religion needs, what politics needs, what the AMA needs, what any man-made organization needs is a theocracy. Not a democracy, not a republic, but a theocracy. And that's what the solution is. It's Again, I'll go back to where we started. Do you have a relationship with the living God or not? So I want to I want to kind of we're wrapping up here. I want to give an opportunity for each one of you to say closing comments. So I'll start mine. Um, there's one of my favorite songs, and I'm going to cry because it's really impacted me. You know, Bill Collins. You know, people make fun of secular music, especially Christians. Say, oh, God can't speak through secular songs. Oh, really? What you call secular and what you call profane, God calls something completely different. So listen to the war lyrics to Phil Collins' song. It's called Another Day in Paradise. Mm. She calls out to the man on the street. Sir, can you help me? It's cold and I've got nowhere to sleep. Is there somewhere you can tell me? Mm. He walks on, doesn't look back. See, I was the guy that didn't look back. That's why I'm emotional right now. He walks, and I'm, I'm not in guilt. Don't, don't call me and say it's okay and kiss my wounds. It's not about that. It's just me walking through something. He walks on, doesn't look back. He pretends he can't hear her. Starts to whistle as he crosses the street. Seems embarrassed to be there. Oh, think twice, because it's another day for you and me in paradise. Oh, think twice, because it's another day for you, you and me in paradise. Think about it. She calls out to the man on the street. He can see she's been crying. She's got blisters on the soles of her feet. She can't walk but she's trying. Oh, think twice, because it's another day for you and me in paradise. Oh, think twice, it's just another day for you, you and me in paradise. Just think about it. Oh, Lord, is there nothing more anybody can do? Oh, Lord, there must be something you can say. I'll pause right there. You know, there was an article in the New York Times, and I addressed it on the previous show, that said if the church, if every church and every congregation would adopt one homeless family, the homeless situation would end in America. Mm. Think about that. You can tell from the lines on her face, you can see that she's been there, probably been moved on from every place because she didn't fit in there. I know I don't fit in anywhere. I can't speak for Scott or Aaron, but there's only one place I fit, and that's in the arms of a loving God. That's the only place I fit. Oh, think twice, because it's another day for you and me in paradise. Oh, think twice, it's just another day for you, you and me in paradise. Just think about it. Mm, think about it. It's just another day for you and me in paradise. It's just another day for you and me in paradise. Paradise. Oh, just think about it. Paradise. Just think about it. Paradise. Mm, paradise. Paradise. Just another day. Wow. As you're, as you're saying that, it's just really intense to think about. Most people are kind of live right where that person was, just desensitized, not not even a thought. You know, I, self, me, just living in my own little bubble. And um, it's it's just amazing when there's the focus starts to, to go outward and you start to see kind of what's what's around you, the world around you. Yeah, uh, we're gonna put that um, that video of Phil Collins on the uh, our Facebook page. Um, so I, I encourage you to to listen to it to 
to hear those words to, and to really think about how, one, how you've been that person walking and not hearing people so caught up in themselves. Two, how you can fix that in your life. Uh, how you can, instead of being the problem, and the problem is is not being homeless. The problem isn't being on the drugs. The problem is ignoring what is right in front of you. Isn't There's a, a saying where, um, uh, let's see if I can say this right. Uh, for for evil to prevail, good people do nothing. Yeah. Um, and so it's very, uh, very important that we be that solution instead of being that problem, instead of being silent. Oh, it's just that we... Yeah, like you're looking at these problems, but it's it's like the truth of it is, is I I need those problems around me to kind of show me my own self too, like to show me where I'm at. And uh, so like we were out feeding the homeless one day and these people are all thankful and they're saying, it's just amazing that you guys are out here. And, and the first thing that came out of my mouth is I said, well, it has very little to do with me that I'm out here. And they said, what are you talking about? I said, because I was the type of person that I could have cared less about any one of you and I was if I was out here I would have been stealing your drugs you know I would have been you know just in it for myself and they just kind of drew in and I said you know the truth is I'm I'm here because Jesus and because of what Jesus did in my life that's the overflow of the gratitude of of being rescued but it's it's not because I'm a good person it's not because I'm I'm here for anything other than and I'm I'm being reminded of where I could be tomorrow if it wasn't for the grace of God, and that and I need that. I desperately need to be reminded, and and I that's so basically it's an encouragement. The solution is to do what we've read for countless times to be doers of the word, and not hearers only, and in whatever capacity that is, because that's yeah. I was I talking again. I'm using the homeless because there's a lot that I learned from them and. Uh, I was talking the other day and I said to this one guy, I said, because this is the closest to hell I'll ever be. And he got that. And most people wouldn't get that because their life is like a bubble and they don't, they're, they're disconnected from, you know, trying to avoid suffering at whatever cost and, and here through suffering, they can recognize that we're in a fallen world. And that that's the point. We're in a fallen, broken world that needs the kingdom. And, and so that to hopefully to conclude thoughts from this whole it's just, it's just to, to motivate us back to like just a hunger to pursue God and to pursue his kingdom and uh, so that we can become, you know, one person at a time can become part of the solution for everything. Okay, uh, Scott, can you say a quick little blessing for us? And then uh, I'll, I'll close this out. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Father, we just thank you so much for your heart to us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love every person. I thank you for every person that has listened to this program. I thank you for the the reach that that this program has. That uh, I, I thank you for drawing people by your spirit, Lord. I ask that there, if there's any questions that were brought up um, from this, the Lord, that you would just begin to pe- put people on a journey. That's that's really the the thing. It's 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 a, a communication. Just that that um, that hopefully something here sparks something that people just begin to get on a a dialogue with you and they begin to talk to you, God. A good way to start is, God, if you're real, uh, please just reveal yourself to me just in a sincere way. God, if you're real, I don't even I don't even know if you're real. And to those that know God is real, God, I, I'm not satisfied. There's more, and I know there's more. 
and uh, and just to begin that standing in the gap right now because we're the gap is that there's um, there's a lot more that God wants to release and we're not seeing it and uh, and so Lord I ask that you would just stir up a hunger God in 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 people or stir up a hunger in us to pursue you and to go after you and to not let up until we see things change until we see a reformation until we see an awakening until we see hearts even even the people that are around us um that we would just begin to see people change and and see this world begin to change and 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 not necessarily that they believe what we believe but just love or let let just love just permeate every part of our being our society um our world lord and i ask you to just just pour out your love god upon us so we could be just overflow from that in in jesus name we thank you for that amen yeah thank you scott well thank you (laughs) all right everybody uh you can check us out at our website uh standinthegap.live uh we also have a facebook page um if you want to be a supporter we do have the patreon link inside of our website um and then also keep an eye out on your podcast platforms uh at you know apple podcast spotify and other platforms and uh yeah with with that said everybody i want to encourage you real quick before we leave to do an act of kindness do do something outside of your comfort zone do something to not just better you but better people around you to build up somebody today and uh yeah that's all i got Hey, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Looking forward to another amazing conversation. This was phenomenal. I had a blast. You did too, huh? Me too, for sure. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, we're definitely going to have Scott on on other episodes. He he might be a a monthly uh, voice that we hear or something. Bless you all. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.